Jason Johannes. Welcome to the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast. Uh, we are here. Jason's here. And uh, what what are we here for today? What are we talking about? What's going on? <laughs> we know we're talking about lots of stuff. Yeah, I just so I saw GA twenty last Friday night in okay. Columbus, and it was a really highly energ- more energetic show than I would have expected it to be. It was a it was a great show, man. They played ninety minutes, high energy blues based rock or whatever the thing they're doing it was great it sold out sold out of this little club okay where was that what at? You, what's up uh the woodlands tavern which i've also seen them dirty roses twice and rich robinson solo oh cool um and nico like nico was playing guitar yeah Brian. so let's talk when, about that because um we're gonna have uh one of our compadres on here uh pretty soon as well uh we'll talk to him this week but our buddy rex uh, the Crows played in Las Vegas, and Nico from Magpie Salute is, uh, from all we've heard, pretty much officially the new Black Crows second guitarist. Which would be great, because he was wonderful when I saw him play uh, with Rich, and then also with the Magpie, Magpie Salute the first time we saw, saw, saw them. So he brings some consistency, some history uh, to, to the Black Crows, and, you know, a tie back. So I, I like it. Yeah, everybody seems to be excited about that. It's like now we can, uh, everybody can fully accept everybody that's on stage right. That's <laughs> <Okay. laughs> you got Nico. One part of the stage. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. We're here. So, what other... do you think about it? What do you oh, think? I think, you think it's good. Great. You know, I think it'd be great. Um, and we're hearing too, you know, through friends of friends, and someone had sent a message to David that uh, supposedly new record and tour in the fall. So we're hearing all sorts of different stuff. That would be great because there have been teasers for a while. They've been back together for like three years. Mm-hmm. And all we've had is that covers record. So I think I, we, we deserve new music, man. No, like, come on, that. like the fans are dying for new music. Well, I, it's just, uh, it's pleases me that we know people that seem to be like insiders, possible insiders or kind of close to insiders. Well, you know, we're, we're, we're a spinoff of the state of America podcast, which is Pretty black much. crow centric. And they have all those, uh, they have all those connections. So mm-hmm. we do, we know people that know people. <laughs> sure. Okay. Now what spinoff are we? <laughs> well we're the family cool. so it can't be like laverne and shirley off of a happy day we can we can be the frazier to the to, to the go. state of america that, cheers that i can accept <laughs> see um, <laughs> not one of those shitty spinoffs one of the good spinoffs 
you know, if I was responsible and left my phone next to me, we, uh, there's a, a band out of uh, Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania that uh, got membership on the page and I listened to their stuff and they sound really good. Um, but uh, so what's her name? Do you want me to tell you who they are? Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, you sent me a really cool link about these guys. Dustin Douglas and the Electric Gentleman. There you go. Dustin Douglas and the Electric Gem. That's a great name. Yeah, it is. It is a great name. <laughs> and how did you come across these gentlemen? Uh, well, it just like it shows up as someone's asking to be uh, in the group and that came up and I'm like, well, I got to check these guys out and checked out some of their stuff. Sounds pretty cool. And that's really cool when a really good sounding band like uh, reaches out to us. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I think people see the value of what we bring to the music community and, you know, we've got a pretty good, we've got a great audience. Everybody's listening here and that supports us and we can appreciate everything on the Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, everything you guys do. But like, it, I think it brings some relevancies like, hey, we get on this show, we get our name out there a little bit and, and get some new followers. Well, speaking of gentlemen, we have a, uh, our guest is a gentleman coming back again to uh, chat about a new record coming out from the band that he plays for. Yeah, and, you know, we had him back for our Halloween show because who better to have on to talk about Halloween and scary stuff, uh, Ace Von Johnson from L.A. Guns, and they have a new single out, You Betray, which is great. Sounds, it's got a Zeppelin-y riff, so almost like um, mm -hmm. uh, Immigrant Song. Right. Oh, not Immigrant Song. Um, what am I thinking of? Not in, off of, off of uh, three. Um, yeah, it's Immigrant Song. Yes. It's got a little bit of an immigrant mm -hmm. song feel to it. And from I heard from our buddy, Matt Wake, who got an early copy, an early listen, it is very Led Zeppelin inspired. So I am super I believe that. excited. Yeah. yeah, right. I mean, how can you not like Led Zeppelin inspired hard rock? And so this also leads us to another future guest that's involved with LA Guns later on, uh, Adam Hamilton. So it'll be cool to talk to him later, but I'm um, looking forward to talking to Ace and uh, seeing how all this new music comes about. I'm assuming Tracy and and uh, and uh, Phil Wright and probably bring in the rest of the guys, but we'll hear all about that. And I think Adam Hamilton, too, who's who's produced yeah. our last couple of records and yep. plays drums. Sounds like he plays drums in the studio and he used to play bass and guitar with them in the early 2000s. But um, I think he has helped write some of the songs or some of the riffs too. So it should be real interesting to find out both from Ace and Adam, uh, how the record came about. Yeah. Yes, indeed. So we're going to find that out. You guys are going to find out. So uh, let's all uh, relax and listen to our conversation with Ace Von Johnson. Uh, our returning guest. That's right. We do have a returning guest to the show. 
Uh, we try not to have him on so early, but he decided he and his band needed to make a record to put out. So now we got to talk about it since he's a friend of the podcast. So it is the all guitar centric Ace Von Johnson. Well, this is like the Ace Von Johnson family podcast, man. How you doing, Ace? <laughs> I'm very well. How are you guys? We're good. We're, very We're good. good. Like we've had Sam. So we had you on. Yeah. And then we had Sam Colton. Yeah. And then we had Dorothy. Yes. And then we're going to talk to Junkyard again. And we're going to get into that. And now Adam Hamilton's going to be on in March. Oh, awesome. I love Adam. He is an absolute angel. I, you know, he says he has, he knows a lot of blues guys from growing up in Louisiana. So we're going to talk about that and all the things he does playing and producing. He is a very talented individual. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys discuss. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So if you have any inside scoop on anything, man, send us a note or tell us right now. We'll make a note of it for sure. Uh, make sure you ask him about working with William Shatner. Yeah, I saw that on this. Yeah. You produced that his last record, right? Uh, he might have done several. I'm not sure, but oh, he's the God. one that facilitated <laughs> Shatner introducing the Christmas EP that we did in 2019. Uh, LA Guns did a uh, another Christmas in Hell yeah. EP, and it opens with uh mr bill shatner you know doing his whole rap about his favorite la gun songs and meeting at the rainbow at my table and having a drink or something like that it's <laughs> it's if you haven't heard it it's it, it's it's humorous and worth a listen what doesn't shatner do that isn't entertaining uh not much i think <laughs> yeah i think he's he's the uh anyway so if you know maybe we spot you sponsored the podcast at this point because it's like everything in your orbit it's like the ace von johnson all things blues and southern rock podcasts <laughs> <laughs> i you know i after 20 plus years in the industry i think everybody i think anyone at, at that length of time you, you just start to know a bunch of people so i'm happy to be the uh the uh you know, the lukewarm water between everybody. <laughs> it's it's you and Greg Martin from the Kentucky Headhunters, right? Brian is like, seem to like know everybody. Pretty much, pretty much. I like it. All right, man. So what's going on here? We we got this new single out with LA Guns, You Betray, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. It's got Great some Zeppelin-inspired riffage. What's, what's going on with the guns right now? Uh, yeah, definitely Zeppelin influence. And that's actually uh, Adam Hamilton on drums on that track. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, world gets smaller and smaller. LA Guns, we're getting ready to do the uh, the 80s cruise in a couple weeks um, with Devo and Brett Michaels and the church and Morris Day and the motherfucking time. Oh and, my god, uh, are you kidding me? No, serious. Yeah, it's, it's, I love it's, Morris Day. That's that's quite the quite the lineup, eclectic lineup. There are different stuff. Yeah, I think it's great. I, I, I'm all for breaking out of you know. Like Monsters of Rock Cruise is great, but it's very, you know, it's it functions in a in a specific genre, uh, sort of a box. And I think doing this, um, literally, it's called the '80s Cruise. Uh, I think doing stuff like that, or even doing when we did the Kiss Cruise a couple of months ago, you know, of course it's all rock, and it's you know, Kiss is the sort of, right. you know, the the icon there, the uh, the uh, I've. Just, reaching for a word and drawing a blank, but regardless, you know, it was still, it was kind of eclectic, but at least with this eighties cruise, it's, it's, it's a pretty broad sweep of, you know, it's like, were you a band in the eighties? Okay, great. Come on aboard. So I like that because um, I, I'm a fan of, you know, as we've discussed previously, I, I'm a fan of a lot of different genres of music. So I'm more excited about seeing Devo and Morris Day 
than I am about, you know, say someone like maybe Brett Michaels or something like that, that I've, you know, we've seen or played with or right. et cetera already, you know. Morris Day and the Time Badass Band, I would love to see those guys. And I got to know if they still bring out the mirror on stage. I hope so. <laughs> they have to, right? So. Yeah. That's the whole, like... that's how guy's whole job in the band is just have the mirror. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel like that's part of the show. It, and Devo's got to be interesting too, because those guys again have been around forever. Mark Mothersbaugh has done a million like soundtrack. He's the guy that when you turned on your uh, what was it, like your Apple or uh, your PC computer and it just whichever one and it went bang. He's the one that that wrote that note, you know, wow. and so, became a billionaire on one note more than he ever did for selling Devo records. I I wouldn't <laughs> doubt it. Yeah, welcome yeah, to the sure. music industry, right? <laughs> So when you're on a cruise ship, so you did the Kiss cruise, now you're doing the, the 80s cruise. What do you what do you like to do with your time? Like, are you a guy that goes out and like hangs out with people, gambles, or are you just kind of like chill? Um, I usually try to go see a fair amount of the the, the artists. Um, and uh, you know, with the monsters, uh, monsters of rock cruise, there are so many of the bands where it's like, I hate to use the word obligated. But there's so many people that I feel like I'm obliged to go see my buddies, you know, even if it's a band that maybe I don't love or I'm not really too familiar with. I'm like, well, you know, you know, Steve Smith's band's playing. I'm just making names up and I haven't seen him in three years. So I better get down to deck four and watch him play at least a couple songs. But, um, you know, that's diplomacy reigns, I suppose. But um I don't know. I mean, like, you know, the, you'll stop at a port and and I usually try to make sure I get off and meander around and, you know, maybe pick up a tchotchke for a relative or a friend or something, you know, mm-hmm. it, you're, it, it's a paid vacation. So it's like, you're basically forced to be a tourist at times. And uh, Monsters of uh, Monsters of Rock um, is a little more, um, you know, after doing, I think, nine or 10 of them between Pussycat and LA Guns. Uh, you know, it was a little more like people would recognize, this is, I can only speak for myself, but people would recognize me or whatever, be like, Hey, can we get a picture? Or, you know, do you want to drink or make small talk? The kiss crews, I noticed that like, basically, unless you were in kiss, they didn't give a shit. So really? <laughs> yeah, which wasn't a bad thing necessarily. I mean, I don't, yeah. maybe like two or three people a day would be like, Hey, you know, can I get a picture versus like two or three people at every, you know, five minutes. Um, which, you know, I mean, I don't mind any of it, but I also am happy to have, you know, to walk around eating my lunch and not have to make any sort of conversation with anybody posting on Instagram. There's Ace, Ace Von Johnson eating spaghetti. Eating spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't mind any of it. You know, I love yeah. it. I love how it's like a summer camp vibe, but at the same time, it, it, it is nice to just be there and work. And then when I punch out, if you will, you know, for all intents and purposes, then I'm just off the clock, you know, and, and so the kiss cruise was probably other than maybe when I did the mega cruise, uh, just as my, on my own was kind of the only time where, you know, sort of left to my own devices. Um, so I'm looking for, my point is, is I'm looking forward to a little bit more of, um, just being able to sort of. Uh, pl- we play on the first day and the second day and then the next five or whatever days I'm just on vacation. So I'm oh, looking wow. forward to nice. just getting the shows out of the way, you know, to be blunt and then just 
hanging out and getting off the ship at the stops and doing what everybody else is doing is in enjoying the, the, the concerts and, and the buffets, right? Cool. So when you're talent on one of those cruises, do they have, does the cruise have special like rooms for you to go eat or, or excursions for you to do? Or is it just sort of just you're up to your own accord? No, you kind of left your own devices. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, there's, there are artist only uh, like restaurants, but they're pretty mm -hmm. few and far between. It might be like one or two places um, or you have to have credentials or pay to eat at some of the nicer places. It just depends on the cruise line and the production company putting on the event. Um, it's basically the same concept as like a festival. Um, you know, there's, you're going to walk into the artist dining area and it's mostly full of like staff and crew. Uh, and you might see a band here or there. Um, but you know, it's such a large, vessel that mm -hmm. um you know unless you're planning on meeting someone at a specific time or it just happens to be like you know the obligatory 6 30 to 7 30 dinner window you probably don't really see a lot of people but for the most part i mean i just kind of do whatever i mean i'll go to the the buffet and you know get one of those uh, you know, it's all you can eat ice cream and <laughs> whatever <laughs> i try to i try to balance it out you know i mean i, I don't you know i was watching my girlish figure last year. And then this year I'm like, yeah, I worked out. I went to the gym twice this, this week. That's enough. I'm going to have some ice cream, you know, you know what? enjoy life. There's a nice balance to be had. Yeah. Uh, uh, moderation is key. Yeah. Do you like, will you use the gym or work out while you're on these things? Or you just like to just be chill uh, of all the, t of all the times I've been on a cruise, I would say on, I can count on one hand how many times I've, I've been in the gym. I think on yeah. two maybe three different cruises i was like i'm definitely gonna go i'm not gonna get off my regiment and i think i went once or twice on those two or three different cruises and i was like all right well i did 45 minutes or i did an hour and you know well i'll just wait till i go home i'm not here for this and it's <laughs> yeah. also a little weird sometimes like if you're out in open water and you're trying to do some sort of static exercise and you're like you know on a weight <laughs> machine and the boat's doing this it's a little off-putting, so that's how you work your core. You got to stabilize yourself so you get <laughs> yeah, a core workout too, man. A Come lot on. of core workout. I, you know, I I just figure as long as I'm not over, you know, binge drinking or yeah. you know overindulging, <laughs> I'll be fine for six days without. That's why people take a cruise just to do all that to binge drink and overindulge and like you know. Well, I mean, everybody. A lot of these things really are booze cruises, so you yeah. know, everybody's there to enjoy themselves and have their vacation. So. You know, it is what it is. Uh, I think my days of binge drinking are long over. You know, I think that was in my 20s. So, uh, you know, and you get older and wiser, but uh, or at least older in my in my case. And, um, you know, I, I, look, man, if you're on the cruise and you're hitting the buffet all day long and drinking your drink tickets, God bless you. Go for it. That's why it's there. You know, so I'm never one to pass judgment on anything like that. Oh my lord! Have fun, so, right? So, I, Brian, I just have an idea in my head. Ace, come on, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do the love boat, except it's <laughs> bands. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna make their love boat, except it's all it's gonna be on a a, a monster or a rock cruise instead of the uh, the the princess. What's the what's the name of the ship in the love boat, Brian? Oh, do you remember I, that? I don't know. Pacific Princess. Pacific Princess. Okay. Yeah, nice you memory. Know? I couldn't remember that. <laughs> I can't remember anything important in life, but I can remember. And now you've got stupid. that stupid theme song in my head, Jason. 
Hello. LA Guns, you guys are going to re-record it for the show. <laughs> the Rock of Love Boat. There we go. There you go. There's Especially a concept. Michaels is there. Yeah. yeah. He did the Rock of Love. Well, I didn't mean to sidetrack us to like the all cruise discussion. I oh, do have funny. one. I do have one last question about it though. There's a lot of these things now, and artists go on them. I mean, I'm assuming it's a pretty good payday for you guys to get on that boat and go, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but yeah, it's basically like doing a festival. You know, you get a bunch of corporate sponsors and stuff like that, you know, and they got to take care of the artists and everything else. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it's definitely pays more than, you know, a Tuesday night at the Viper Room would or something like that. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. you get, a, like you said, a paid vacation out. So that's great. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the fact that for the, I think for the first, this will be my 12 or at least, at least a dozen or a baker's dozen performing on a cruise. And, um, I think this is the first time ever where I'm playing day one, day two. And then from there on out, I'm just off the clock. It's usually like, okay, we're going to play on day two and day six or day three and day eight, you know? So I'm like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to relax too much. I don't want to eat too much, uh, you know, uh, calamari, uh if i got to uh get up there and you know be the grinder box monkey in the middle of the week so too much lucky charms with the marshmallows oh I, <laughs> if they had lucky charms at the buffet i would be there all day that that conversation was hilarious we still crack <laughs> up over that <laughs> oh well okay i lied i have more cruise questions but it's sure. more about playing so how much gear do you need to bring or do they have like that's all backline equipment. Okay. Yeah, it's like a festival style. It's all backline. Obviously, yeah. if you have specific, you know, requests or equipment, or maybe you're the headliners, uh, and there's things that you can't do without, you may be BYO gear. Um, but for the most part, you know, when you're a four or five piece rock band, it's like, what is it like? Two SVT bass cabs, and you know you know, eight or 12 Marshall slant cabs, you know, some A and B cabs, you know, stage right, yeah. stage left and a basic, you know, what, I don't know, Ludwig drum kit or I don't know, I don't play drums, you know, uh, and then they just sort of maneuver everything around, you know, stage one, stage two, stage three. Um, and of course they bring extra stuff and, you know, in case they've got Ingve on the boat and he needs 46 cabinets or whatever. And, and so you, <laughs> you know, in my instance, whether it's LA Guns or previously Faster Pussycat or other artists, you know, your tour manager or whoever, whoever the adult in charge is, the AIC would advance and go, look, this is the stage plot. This is what they need. They need 17 bass cabs or whatever. We need six drum heads or what, you know, whatever. And then their stage manager receives it and they set up accordingly and you show up with, you know, your guitars and your pedal boards and maybe your in-ears or your singer has a specific mic he likes or whatever right. and you go from there. It, it's pretty much just festival style. And you'll bring like one or two of your favorite guitars with you? Yeah, I, I, I probably travel uh, bare minimum with two guitars just for safety's sake, yeah. uh, you know, bet volley between the two. Um, I, I may have a third guitar with me there. It, you know, if I have my druthers, I will just, I've been, I have a, a loner from Gibson right now. That's a Explorer, a Gibson Explorer. Ooh. And, uh, it's been used in the, uh, music video for one of the upcoming songs, which of course the title escapes me. And then some promo photos that are slowly leaking out. So I feel like now I'm obligated to play this Explorer. <laughs> so I may bring both my, my Les Pauls that are with the LA guns gear, as well as the Explorer. If not, it'll just be two Pauls. 
but yeah. I think you posted on your either your Patreon page or something about that Explorer when you got it a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, yeah, it was a loaner, and I'm hoping um, I keep they keep asking for it back. I keep going. Well, what about next? Can I? How about I return it next month? <laughs> they, they can afford to give you that guitar for Christ's sake, man. Yeah, they're not going to give it to me, but uh, I'm going to see because I. I, I I'm really particular about my guitars. Um, you know, you, as anyone who plays, you know, you'll pick one up and you'll be like, yeah, it's all right. You know, or this is great. Or this is poo poo. And I love explorers aesthetically. And I always have two of my favorite guitar players play them. Uh, James Hetfield as a kid, you know, it's got that killer right hand. And then yep. a guy named Franche Coma, who's the original guitar player in the misfits before Doyle. He's the guy that plays on all the late seventies, uh, most of the late seventies stuff. Like we are in 38 last caress, some of those popular songs, hybrid moments. And, uh, and he's a friend of mine. And so uh, uh, I, I just always liked how it looked, but when I pick one up, I always, they always feel kind of wonky. And so I mm-hmm. took this loner from Gibson just on a whim and uh, it plays great. And now I'm like, well, now this is a, this is a keeper. So how do I, I'm going to try to, see if they'll keep letting me borrow it or at least maybe consider selling it to me at like an artist cost or something like yeah. that. Right. You know, we'll see. So we're talking about the new LA guns record. Like how does this whole process work? Is this like Tracy and Phil, right. And then bring you guys in. Um, can you kind of t- walk us through that? Yeah. It, 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 it's artist by artist really. And album by album I've noticed with LA guns. Um, there definitely was a lot of this stuff that was basically uh, given to us that was finished. Um, excuse me. I think Tracy had been writing for, um, you know, he was writing for whatever he was writing for. And I think a lot of the songs um, ended up on this album uh, sort of initially May he may have been writing them for this record and he may not have, that's more of a, a him thing. Um, but, you know, between him and Adam would send me stuff and uh, you know, throw a little bit of guitar on it. And a lot of it was just basically done. So it's like, well, you know, you want me to just replicate this or should we just leave it or I'm going to just leave it, you know? And um, you know, it, it, it's different from when we did checkered pass because checkered pass was done during the, sort of the pandemic and he was in, Denmark, uh, which is where he spends some of his time throughout the year. Um, and so we were kind of doing it remotely. This was a little bit more traditional in a modern sense of just like sending ideas back and forth, you know, via text and email. Um, and, uh, you know, I, the album closes out. And of course, I'm terrible with song names. Album closes out with a song. I think, I think it's called like a drug, but uh that's uh, sort of, you know, my contribution to the record as far as writing goes. Uh, and uh, same kind of thing, but backwards. I basically sent him kind of a finished demo and he added a little bit of, you know, some rhythmy Tracy part, he did a little harmony in there. And, uh, and we're like, you know, retract the, the drums. So it wasn't a robot. And then it was a done song. So it was kind of kind of like that where, you know, he was like, here, you know, here's some songs and uh, you know, he might have Johnny retrack some of them or me retract some of them or Adam retract drums. Uh, It's really song by song. Um, And of course, every album's different. I personally would prefer to be getting in a room uh, in the traditional sense and just going through um, 
and writing and demoing stuff, you know, together as a band. But I'm also, it's not that I'm lazy, but I also, you know, at this point in my life, I'm totally uh, happy doing it remotely as well, you know, and, and bouncing ideas back and forth via computer or laptop or cell phone or smoke signal or what have you. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm, it's, it, I'm sure the next record will be written different. And I think Checkered Pass versus uh, Black Diamonds, they were done differently, just the same way. I know that Checkered Pass to the Devil You Know was done differently, just the same way Devil You Know was done versus Missing Peace, I think was fleshed out more in the same room in a traditional sense. So I'm hoping that in the future, we'll get a little bit more of that. Although I will say this, I do know that some of these songs, and of course, I don't remember what they're called or what they were like or what they ended <laughs> up as, uh, Trace and I and the band were bouncing some of these riffs back and forth uh, as far back as maybe 2020, 2019, 2020. Uh, I, I definitely know two of them. He would be, we'd be at soundcheck and he'd be like, check out this riff. And he'd be like playing something. And then I go, oh, that's cool. And I, you know, one of us would put our little phone down. And then of course you forget. And then three years later, I get a, you know, a finished wave file. And it's like, you know, this song is called, you know, skull monster and then i'm making that up and uh i'm like oh yeah that's that riff okay cool yeah i remember jamming on this you know so it's all you know each song and album is always going to be unique so that's kind of that so doing the recording remotely and you get a wave file is that now do you add your parts at home so you go home hook up and run through a computer do your piece add it to the track i'm like how's how's this done remotely yeah, I mean, usually, um, I mean, assuming that that's what the track calls for, um, yeah. you know, it, it 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 depends on the song, it depends on the band. I mean, that's kind of why I was running late today is uh, I got hired to do a, a batch of songs for an artist out of Australia. And the guy um, had had some tech issues and his whole system went down. And so he was like, hold off uh, on this last song, you know, everything caught on fire let's let's hold off and then he sent me a frantic email a couple days ago was like we're back online i need you to finish the song yesterday and so um and that was maybe friday and i was like well i don't really have time until monday and uh is today monday or tuesday monday (laughs) no anymore (laughs) and so long story long uh i told him the day before yesterday i would have the thing done today and so i was running late trying to finish uh these rhythm tracks and then i got the ball rolling on finishing the solo which i i think i'm done but i'm looking at the clock going shit i gotta you know take the dogs out and put some clothes on and you know probably eat something that's why i was 15 minutes late here but uh yeah uh, someone will send me something and it may require just you know like uh hey can you come up with an alternate melody for this or do you have any ideas or it may be as simple as, look, this song is done. Just replicate the rhythm track and kind of do your own, put your little, little flavor on it. Or here's an outro spot for a solo. Or, hey, this song, like today, this song is just bass, drums, and a click tempo. Go, you know? And so it's it's each track is its own uh, monster. I think I had a little bit more hands-on with Checkered Past, uh, obviously, than maybe this record. And, you know, the kind of, the thing is, with a lot of things, especially when you're not really in, in charge or, or the main 
songwriter or boss or whatever you want to call the, you know, whatever euphemism we're using. Uh, I may put a guitar down on track two and six and nine and send it off and be like, that was cool. And then they may go, yeah, no, we don't need that. <laughs> and I don't even, by the time I hear it six months, 12 months, 18 months, like the yeah. Tiffany record I played on three years later, I well, might not remember. I might be like, that was yeah, three years. Not me. I don't fucking know. I have no <laughs> that, idea. So, so why and, did that go ahead? Sorry. Uh, and, and nine times out of 10, unless it's like a solo or really prevalent part, I don't remember. I don't, maybe sometimes I don't care, you know, it's just, so, you know, I, I have no idea where I am and where I aren't other than the last song to be blunt. So that, that Tiffany record took three years. Uh, we recorded the album came out in dis if, if I believe if my memory serves me correctly december of two months ago so like, like december early last, december yeah yeah december sounds like a long uh last year sounds like a long time ago <laughs> but that was about 10 weeks back so yeah. so her album shadows just came out and we recorded that track uh just keep swinging in february of 19 of 20 so three years ago so it took, that's a rival song sun's cover isn't cover, it yeah, yeah so that's just so good two years and 10 months to come out so something like that where I'm going, oh, yeah, I, you know, I know the solo and the slide bits and all these little things and the harmony lick and all this stuff. But I go, I don't I don't remember. I can't remember That's what I had for breakfast two days ago. You That's know? a good cover. It's a good record, man. I really, it's really, great really record. enjoyed it. I had no expectations. I listened to it because when you were on here for the Halloween show, you mentioned it. And I'm like, for a pop rock album, this is what you want. It's catchy. It's quick. You know, you tap your toe. You don't have to think too much about what's going on and just enjoy it. Yeah, she I mean, she makes no bones about I think that's the right expression about being a fan of rock music. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, her bringing in uh, Scott Coogan, Johnny Martin, myself and then uh, Tracy for some additional guitar on a track. I mean, you know, that there tells you unto itself that she's, uh, you know, a fan of, of sort of the genre and, or maybe the band, et cetera. And um, I think it's a really great record. I listened to it in full the second I received it. Normally, you know, I'd be like, oh, yeah, it's the first chorus and kind of jump through. But I was I was road tripping through California and I listened to it front to back. And I was like, man, this is a great album. Actually, I, I think the song we did, maybe I'm being hypercritical of my own work, but I was like, oh, I like most of the record better than normally. I'm like, oh, yeah, my, you know put my song at the, the top of the list of stuff I like, but I liked most of the record. I, I liked the song I'm on, on the sort of bottom spectrum of the, the record is my point. So it's a, it's a really great record. Shadows. Uh, speaking again about that, you know, the contribution you made to this new Ellie Guns record towards the end, is that something where you'll just kind of like, you know, just get a whim and send Tracy something? Will he ask you to, contribute will he like draw a blank ever and say hey what do you think to go here or is that just something you just um, see if he I, likes this i think the consensus is that basically johnny and i um are like the door is always open for us to each at least at least bring in a song you know uh beyond just like tracy sending a song and having you add a riff or a fill or like what if this did this here um but I mean, sending in a completed idea. Um, and I think for Checkered Past, I sent in two songs, three songs. And with this record, 
I'm pretty sure my song, if you will, was the only thing I sent in. I might have given him a riff, but I don't remember um, because, again, you know, I, I'm trying to think. So it's February now. Um, I think we probably started talking about this record about a year ago because it was before the tour and the tour started in what, May. So I, I just, I don't remember, um, but I'll go through my little notes on my phone and I'll usually tag or even my, cause I, I'm sitting at my desk here with my little micro studio setup, and um, I'll go through files and, you know, I usually tag something like, you know, LAG idea if I think it's um, in that sort of ballpark. And then I'll either expand upon it and turn it into like a fleshed out demo. Or if I'm lazy, I might just, you know, cut to the chase and, and be like, Hey, here's this riff. Is this cool? And he'll, you know, he would either be like, yeah, that's cool. Or, eh, you know, I don't know. So, and then kind of go from there, but I'm pretty sure this, uh, the song, my, my song, uh, was a totally fleshed out demo, I think. And again, after a year, I don't remember. And, uh, I think I sent it over and he was like, this is killer. And then I remember Phil texting me some thing being like, you know, that's one of my favorite songs on the new album. It's great. And I was like, okay, cool. All right. We're on, the, we're on the right track then. And then just, we go from there and Johnny tracks bass and whoever tracks drums and turn it into a song rather than a demo. So, um, you know, but I don't have any inhibitions about sending, uh, Tracy or Phil anything, you know, I, despite what people on the internet might want to think, you know, I am a sort of functioning member of the band. So I have no problem <laughs> being like, Hey, I wrote this song. Does it suck? You know, or, Hey, I wrote this song. What do you, th you know, mm -hmm. what do you want to do with it? So, um, and now my new thing is I'm trying to write stuff. Uh, Cause I feel like the band is definitely leaning more between checkered past and this record. There's a lot of these like sort of Zeppelin esque, like acoustic mm -hmm. I, I don't want to use the word ballad, but like, like folky, like a 12 string, um, you know, type song. Like Get Along was on the last record. Exactly. Yeah. And there's, Love there's that an, song. It's a great song. And then there's another one that's one of the two upcoming singles. I don't know what order they come out in. That's also sort of a similar kind of vibe. And so now my next goal for myself is I want to contribute one of those, like a, a what's a, what's the song we've been doing um, off of Hollywood Vampires? Um, shit, I don't remember. But there's a sort of acoustic number off the Vampires record we've been playing live. Uh, and uh, I can tell you what key it's in, but uh, <laughs> that's uh, it'll come to me in like three hours. But just I'm trying to write more like that rather than like, right. you know, another version of, you know, Never Enough or something like that. Personally. Are you the type of guitar player player that typically picks up an electric guitar and starts fiddling around, or is it, are you now you more moving more towards like picking up an acoustic and, and noodling around to find a song? I don't even have an acoustic in this house. What? Um, yeah, what? I, I you know. I <laughs> what do you do for the ladies when they come by, Ace? Like you know, you, you can't plug into a Marshall stack. There's no. There's that doesn't happen. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah. I. You know. I. I'm not really the biggest acoustic like fan i love yeah. i love a 12 string i love a 12 string and the last acoustic i bought was a really you know you get what you pay for kind of thing i bought a really cheap 12 string and it was just trash uh i think sam might still have it because last i saw it it was at his house before i i came to nashville but um you know if i had my druthers i'd love to pick up you know a nice gibson 
or at least a, a six-string or a 12-string uh, just to write on. But I mean, I, I there's six Les Pauls like right here, like three feet from me. And uh, mm -hmm. I mean, if I'm going to play guitar, I'm going to play, you know, I play, I play a Les Paul in the band. I'm not going to go, you know, deviate too far from that. You know, I haven't since I was a kid. So, uh, but again, you know, if I had my way, I'd have one, but it's not really what I use to write on or find myself wanting to play, you know, 98% of the time, most of the time I want to sit down with a Les Paul and, you know, and riff. So it just is what it is. Yesterday was national guitar day and you did post, I think your collection on there. You got a couple of really, well, they're all nice Les Pauls, but a couple of really kind of killer ones. Once like the stars and stripes on that one, can you, where did that come from? Yeah, that's a, a company called Rock and Roll Relics. Billy Rowe from the band Jet Boy. Uh, <laughs> and now he also plays guitar in uh, Buck Cherry. That's, <laughs> that's Billy's company. Uh, he's been relicking guitars, if memory serves me correctly, since like the 90s. And I don't know when he started the company, maybe like 10, you know, a while ago, a few years back. And I started seeing them more and more. And um, we've been friends for a long time he had a band called american heartbreak i think and uh i had a band when i was about 22 we were on the same record label out of europe so we kind of knew each other through that not through his not through jet boy or me and pussycat or whatever and you know he was like if you ever want me to make a guitar and he made that design as a telecaster for gilby clark and uh i was like wow that's really cool and i remember asking gilby giblets I was like, hey, man, I was like, would you be mad if I like had him have Billy make me one of those as a Les Paul? And he's like, oh, I don't give a shit. So I was like, all right, because I don't want to like rip off his his vibe, you know, and uh, especially because it was like a custom piece. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's not something you just walk into a guitar center and pull off the wall. So he made me that as a Les Paul and I played it for years. I think it's in the picture on my like Wikipedia article. Um and it's a great guitar, but I always just go back to my to my Gibsons. But yeah, that's the the stars and bars, and it's heavily. He, I show you, but you're not going to be able to see all the detail. But it's heavily, as the name implies, heavily relict. It looks very old. Uh, you know, Billy's very good at at weathering his guitars, um, and uh, I appreciate the fine art that goes into that as well. So that's a custom. That is not a Gibson. He made this guitar. Yeah, that's a. It's rock and roll relics. He's got some sort of. Uh, there was a business acquisition that Gibson went through a few years ago mm -hmm. uh, where they sort of went through and contacted um, a lot of the companies that were doing Gibson, uh, excuse me, Les Paul type shaped guitars. And basically, you know, we're like, you either need to, you know, oh. become back in the, the lawsuit era of Gibson again, back like in the early eighties when they were getting after everybody. Yeah. I, I don't know all the ins and outs of it. And it's totally not my story to tell. So I'll spare you. But um, I, I believe that they are maybe in cahoots might be the best way to word it. Um, and uh, he still makes guitars. I see a ton of people playing his stuff. Uh, you know, people in the Alice Cooper band, and I'm pretty sure Joe Perry's got one or 10 and Tracy's got a few and uh, Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day has a couple of them, et cetera, et cetera. So they're still out there and it's a, he makes great guitars. So if you're looking for a custom Les Paul, uh, you should definitely check out Rock and Roll Relics. I am. I don't think my wife would appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> you know, um, well, tell us about some of your other guitars. I think your your main one is that dark red 
uh, classic Les Paul, but are, are you pulling anything else on the road or playing more than, than others? Yeah, so, so Red Red's out in L.A. with all the L.A. Guns gear. Red's out there, and uh, I've got a tobacco standard that I've had for maybe 10, 11 years now that it's got a lot of touring on that's out there. Those are kind of my, like, my number one, number two uh, workhorse guitars. Uh, the Red just on a fluke uh i went down to guitar center with tony higby a place for tom Kiefer, and picked it up and i was like wow it's a fucking great guitar and uh trying to think when that was that might have been the end of 21 because i know i had it for the summer tour and i'd already had it so yeah, i saw I, you playing with that one it's not i mean it's nice that dark red color is really sharp yeah it's got kind of a natural finish to it as well if you look up close you can see all the beautiful the wood grain in it and everything and uh yeah just on a fluke i think i was like well i think it was probably like the fall of 21 and i was like all right i'm gonna buy this for my birthday gift or whatever for myself you know some whatever nonsense excuse i could come up with um yeah and uh that's become my number one workhorse um and then i bought myself their guitar for my 40th birthday a few months ago um i mean my 30th birthday right um <laughs> when and, you post it uh, on social media dude then i think you know the, the, it's, it's no surprise it's no secret yeah. i bought this that is gorgeous this 05 that is gorgeous. and uh it's got a ton of wear on it you can yeah. see where the finish is worn down and yeah. and That's uh great. all this even on the pick guard is worn through and uh you know you can see by the the volume there and that's all real that's what i really love about it, is it's all uh it was Actually, owned by one gentleman here in nashville and he passed away and his sister sold his guitar collection and i purchased this and uh is that a standard uh, or a classic what is that um it's a headstock there well it's a 05 and um it's just, I mean, it's a standard, but yeah, uh, you changed the pickups out. Obviously, you got that open zebra, and I don't know what's in the, the fridge. Yeah, I can't remember. Well, the zebra, I think, is is stock. I think okay. the uh, bridge pickup is is swapped out. I didn't do anything to, to it yeah. other than I put this uh, 1950s water slide decal on there. That's awesome. Um, that's that's just, a gorgeous uh, guitar. That, that yeah. top is just really nice. Yeah, beautiful. I like the lighter ones. Yeah, beautiful honey burst yeah um and uh same thing you know i saw it and i was like oh you know i don't need a lot more guitars i really don't need any guitars you know and yeah, um, that's your job dude i mean you're a musician so you yeah have it, is, it is a tax write-off so big. i learned that a couple years ago <laughs> okay. um and uh and um they made me a deal and it was about half of what i expected to pay for it and that's what i'll, yeah. I'll leave it at that and so I was like, well, for that price, I'll take it. And it was mostly because it has a neck repair. Uh, I don't think you can see, but there's a, the neck had been broken as Les Pauls tend to do. But it's got a darker neck and then the headstock's a little lighter. Is that right where probably the joint was where they fixed yeah, it? Yeah, well, I think that's just from the, from the weight, from all the okay. sort of sweat corroding through. Um, but I don't, I personally don't care about a neck repair as long as it's done adequately. And uh, I was using this for my session today. Oh, that's resonant. That's mad. Play the drum that again. I mean, it has a nice ring to it. Yeah, it's a great guitar. And so, 
I said, fuck it. So I pulled the trigger on this and now I don't need any more guitars, although I may still try to sweet talk that Explorer out of my Gibson guy. But Gibbs, we'll Gibson's not dealing with you? Like they're not, you're not sponsor? sponsor uh, well, you know, it's sort of a, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they gave me a loaner. Um, I guess technically by de facto through Tracy and LA Guns, I'm a Gibson artist. Um, you know, I mean, then they've, they've lent me stuff periodically through the last couple of years, which is great. But I mean, Gibson's not just giving out less Pauls left and right, you know? So, I mean, when I say giving out, I mean like to keep, uh, I'm sure if I wanted to take a loaner every six months, they'd have no problem with it. Um, but you know, a loaner and a keeper are not the same thing, you know? I suppose you wouldn't have known, well, with the neck repair, um, I had heard, an uh, interview with uh, Dave Rude from Tesla. They, they did a DVD in the early 2000s or when he got in the band shortly after, but he said he had Les Paul and it, it dropped off the stand or whatever and the neck cracked. He said it actually improved the tone. So I, huh. do, do you have any history of that guitar? Would have, I don't suppose there was any way you could know of that neck repair. Like No, I wouldn't. At all. I wouldn't know. And uh, the only guy that would probably know is the gentleman who passed away whose guitar <laughs> it belonged to. Um, you know, all I know is that off the shelf, uh, it played great neck repair, you know, is to me, doesn't matter because I'm not buying it to, you know, worry about the, you know, yeah. value. Um, Resell. Yeah. Yeah. To me, it's like, if I'm, if at this point in my life, I have so many guitars that I think look cool. Uh, I can't even play them all in a tour, let alone a, a, in a single show. So if I'm picking something up, it's gotta be something that is, you know, I can use in the, in the studio or is, you know, up to snuff to record and, or uh, at least looks cool to go out and hit the road with. So it's gotta be either a workhorse or a studio workhorse. This apparently right now is gonna be both. So I'm sure down the road, you'll see the, uh, the uh, orange goblin here, <laughs> whatever I'm calling <laughs> is it, that orange goblin? Uh, hitting the road. Um, I may replace the tobacco with this one and just have the red Les Paul and the orange Les Paul out as my uh, my number one and number two. Cause I usually just, I'll tour with two or three, maybe four guitars, but let's be honest in a 60 minute show, I don't really need right. more than two, maybe three guitars, especially LA guns doesn't have any alternate tunings. So as long as I, you know, like I said earlier, two guitars is plenty. If I break a string or I go out of tune or something like that, you know, flip flop. Uh, we were speaking a little bit about Adam, Adam, Adam Hamilton, who we're going to have on, you know, in the yeah. future. Is he sort of like a sixth member? Like what, what is he, how many of the records has he produced in, in this, when, since Tracy and Phil got back together and has he played drums on, on, on a lot of them. And yeah. Jason and I were trying to remember, I thought I remember hearing that right as you were coming into the band was Adam playing guitar, like yeah. locally around Southern Cal. And then you were doing the longer jaunts. So just like that's his role in the band and yeah he's I, I mean we all refer to him as our sixth beetle or fifth beetle or <laughs> whatever um yeah he um he has i don't know like how to word this properly or what i should or shouldn't say um he's got you know he's married and has a daughter and he just basically can't tour and so and his sort of career is him producing and engineering and, and working from his home studio, which is very nice uh, setup he's got there. Mm -hmm. And so 
he was in the band for however many years in the aughts, if you will. And uh, when LA Guns was sort of going through uh, after a certain, it's like, I don't even want to mention people, uh, you know, looking for a guitar player, he was sort of a band-aid where they're like, hey, we, we need someone to come in and do these shows. And they had asked me to do it. And I was still out with Faster Pussycat at the time. So it was, I was unable to, uh, to do what Adam came back in and started doing, which was, a, a, I think, a three or four week tour of Europe and then maybe one or two domestic shows. But the second I came in after that, I think for a minute there was talk of us doing it like as a AB kind of thing. But I don't think it ever, I think the second I put my you know foot in the water, I think that was it and off, off we went. And I don't think Adam came back, but he has uh, co-produced or co-engineered or whatever. I don't know what, what his technical term uh, would be for everything. I mean, he definitely produced the Another Christmas in Hell EP because um, that was done uh, sort of what I had mentioned earlier in a traditional sense where the three of us uh, Scott Coogan, Johnny Martin, and myself got into the studio with Adam Hamilton and banged out all these songs um, in, in a room together. And he was, you know, at the board for the whole thing. And then Tracy did all his stuff from Denmark. And Phil maybe did all his stuff from a studio in Vegas. I can't remember because I'm seldom there for vocals. But um, yeah, so then, but he's definitely had his involvement in at least the EP and Checkered Past and then Black Diamonds. Before that, I don't know, or I don't remember if he was involved with The Devil You Know, but I have a feeling, I have a sneaking suspicion he wasn't involved uh, production-wise on Devil You Know, because I know that there was a, a bit of a jump sonically between that album and the things to follow. Was he on the Live at the Whiskey DVD or recorded show in the early 2000s? You know, is that him? Oh, I, have, I have no idea. I saw that forever ago, and it wasn't you, and I couldn't figure out who the other guitar player was. Well, I think that oh, was no, a, it was would have been way before Tales my time. From the was, Strip, is that what you're talking about, Jason? I don't remember. So there is a concert. Do you? There's a concert DVD or whatever. It can stream, you know, wherever. My, okay. my guess is that might have been Phil Lewis with Carrie Kelly and Brent Muscat era. But I, okay just from the time frame i'm guessing but i could be totally wrong it could have been stacy blades it could have been it could have been before he, he and tracy uh, tracy was on it tracy was playing oh he was so it was tracy yeah. and phil mm -hmm. oh okay yes. yeah. oh i don't know then i definitely don't know you said the early 2000s i think it was early 2000s i mean don't maybe it was late I don't, I don't that, know. It was that, that could have been Adam on base. That could have okay. been Adam on base then. Yeah. No, I, right. I don't know. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen it, but it was definitely Tracy and Phil in the band. And I wasn't sure who else was in there. We'll ask Adam. I mean, we're going to have him on a couple weeks. Yeah. We'll yeah. Him. He'd be the, he would be, if that was his, uh, just basing off the, I'm guessing here, but that was definitely his time frame for, for, uh, his tenure in the band. So the record Black Diamonds when 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 eleven tracks when is it coming out here? Uh, I believe April fourteenth, fourteenth um, or fifteenth. I keep getting the dates confused um, because that's just how my brain operates. But uh, mid mid April, yeah. Is it Black Diamond or Black Diamonds? Plural. So that's what I thought. Okay, all right. That's what I said. 
11 tracks. The last, um, the first one, the first track is the first single. And we we're talking a little bit about that, the UB Trey, that's super heavy Zeppelin influence. I don't know if you know Matt Wake. Matt's a, Matt is a journalist. He seems to have stricken yeah, up. I know Matt. Yeah, yeah he's, uh, he's, he's a sweetheart. He's a good dude. He said, he told me that he got to hear it and it's amazing and it's like totally hard rock and Zeppelin y stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds and like, a, uh, sounds like LA Guns. <laughs> he's a critic and you know he would he, he was he's a pretty honest guy so i'm i am really i'm really looking forward to, to hearing it. i i love the last couple last couple records and this this one just seems like it's going to hit me uh right in my sweet spot because i am a huge zeppelin fan awesome well yeah and tracy you know doesn't really uh i think anyone that's a fan of his is aware that he's a huge jimmy page fan and always has been uh and, how can you not be i mean are you yeah. did you oh, like yeah. page you know, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a I'm a very casual Zeppelin fan only because yeah. you know I grew up on the opposite side of the spectrum. I'm a punk right. rock guy, so uh, you know it took me until I was in my 20s and trying to become like an adult guitar player, you know, before <laughs> I started buying Kiss and Zeppelin and you know the sort of classic rock stuff that you gotta remember that in 92, 90, 92, 94, 97, etc. When I was a kid growing up, those bands were not in vogue and they were it was like taboo and then now i'm like you know i'm a huge pink floyd fan um so uh like gilmore i'm more uh, you know if it was page versus gilmore i'm a gilmore guy but um yeah um i just like his use of space and his uh not a lot of notes very yeah it's it's a little bit more up my uh up my straza you know um as far as playing uh goes but you know to each their own that doesn't mean i don't love me some jimmy page i mean some right. of those the greatest guitar riffs of all fucking time came right. out of that guy i just appreciate that he was a, this like amazing session player you know um like him and beck uh you know rest in peace um i mean kind of find guitar icons and hendrix at least you know from that era I'm sure there's a hundred others that people are like, well, what about this guy? But that come, the first people that come to mind for me, um, late, late six, like I would say what 68 to 75 are like, you know, Hendrix page, um, Gilmore and, uh, Beck. And Clapton. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? I never, I, I like, I just, you know, politics aside, I never got into Clapton. I never really, I just, it, you know, like uh, uh, Layla is a phenomenal song, but that's what Derek and the Dominoes, that's much later. Yes. Uh, what is it? Uh, what's Cream's big song? Like uh, Sunshine of Your Love. Sunshine of Your Love. Yeah, yeah. that's the riff. Yeah, yep. I mean, I, to me, that would be like the next tier. I would put him on the next tier down. Next tier yeah. down. That's just me. That's just me, you know. Nothing wrong with it. I'm I'm much more of a page guy than, than any of those other people. I appreciate what Clapton did, but I think he uh he hammers a little too hard on some of the same bluesy stuff after a while. And I think I think I just re- realized what it was. I never saw Clapton with a Les Paul. I don't think I I think any you know Hendrix was setting shit on fire, so that yep. got my attention, you know, <laughs> and uh, and. Um, but, you know, whenever I'm trying to think back to being like eight years old, when I th- looked at a guitar player, personally, this is just me, 
I never looked at anyone with a strat and was like, that's the guy. Right. Be right. Jeff, Jeff Beck obviously is a whole other story. But like to me, all of my early guitar heroes, nine out of 10 of them were playing a Les Paul. So that's probably a big part of it. I'd see someone playing a strat and I'd be like, oh, I know that's going to sound like this. Yeah. So yep. I'm not going to listen to that. It's just know? the shape of a Les Paul, though. Is so it, I mean, it's iconic, but it just, it screams rock well, and roll. I mean, a Strat, a Telly, and a Les Paul, and like even a 335 or something like yep. that. They're all, I mean, and then you just keep going, well, an Explorer, and then a this, and a that, and a V, and a, they're all iconic until they get silly. But, right. um, you know, I mean, a, a Les Paul and a Strat are like, you know, yeah. it's like the Ford and Chevy of guitar bodies, in my opinion. Yep. So, you know, it's like Beatles or the Stones, you know, I had to pick one. So I went with the tele, uh, the Les Paul. I almost said Have tele. you ever had a Strat? God, I don't think I've ever owned a Strat. I own a Telly. Yeah. Uh, no idea where it is. I think it's <laughs> I think it's with our tech fits. I think it's in LA. Uh, I have a Telly, but I just I never gravitated to them, you know. Yeah. And if I, like I said earlier, if I had my druthers, you know, if I had all the money in the world or had all the space to accommodate, you know, more guitars, sure, I'd you know have. I would love to have a beautiful, nice Strat, a beautiful, nice Telly, but I just keep picking up more or less pulse still not so yeah I'm, I'm more of a gibson guy but i i mean i'm more of a i like tellies more than i have like yes yeah, so I, I see i see nothing I wrong see. with that what is it is that a junior back there too that's a special tvl special yeah nice. it's a it's two pickups two p90s not a single but it's uh very nice that's my t ice t burst plus ball i like it yeah hey man you want to borrow the p90 sometime and cheers <laughs> okay appreciate it it's the P90 on a, on a Gibson though sounds so good. It does. It's very versatile. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I don't think I have anything with P90s. Did you see what's down here though, Ace? Say right that, here. Say see what this is? Uh, I, what is that? A paperweight? <laughs> <laughs> it's an acoustic guitar. Come on, man. Yeah. No, I'm not familiar with those. <laughs> what is it? it's a grandpa's guitar <laughs> i inherited it from something no <laughs> no I, I look i love me some acoustic some of my favorite songs in the fucking world have acoustic on them i just don't have one I, yeah. and again if i had money to spend more money to spend or at this moment any money to spend on guitars uh i pick up i would probably pick up a 12 string first uh, it's just again personal preference i love the sound of a 12 string uh, it's yeah. probably from my mother clobbering me over the head with uh, hotel California as a child. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's, that's my, my preferred acoustic styling. You got to do that. It would be perfect on some of the more acoustic stylings, Zeppelin stylings that you're, you're looking for. Come on, Gibson, it's an ace. Yeah. Loan me one. I'm sure, you know what? And I, I shouldn't say it like that. I'm sure if I asked nicely, yeah, they would loan, they would loan me a 12 string. Um, they lent me an acoustic i forgot what the model was the acoustic that's in the get along video that i'm playing was a loner and then tracy sat down with it and was like this is a great guitar i'm gonna hang on to this and then I, they were like hey can we get the acoustic back and i said yeah tracy has it and then they said oh all right and then every time i go to his <laughs> house it's still there so i go all right well he must have superseded whatever you know they needed it back unless it was you know getting used so it's all good but I'm sure down the line I'll I'll probably take him up on another loaner. Maybe I'll take. They him sent him. Me. He's got his own like Kramer or something model, doesn't he? 
Yeah, they did a signature model Kramer. So Gibson owns Epiphone, obviously, and, and, and now, Kramer yeah. now as well. Yeah. And they did a signature Kramer model. And I, I think there's supposed to be more stuff in line with all that, but I, I a don't know for certain, yeah. and b it's not really my place to say. But um, it definitely led to a really wonderful working relationship between him and Gibson and Epiphone and Kramer. I mean, the guys at Gibson gave me this beautiful custom uh i forgot what it was like an anniversary edition epiphone um this like wine red with all this beautiful inlay on it and then uh my 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 niece is 16 and she plays guitar so uh she's currently borrowing it from me yeah so, um, yeah epiphone stepped up their game i mean people Absolutely. have raved about that 59 les paul actually has gibson pickups and wiring and stuff and it's supposed to be amazing yeah yeah no they they definitely world of improvement and i mean i always was an epiphone fan i was an epiphone artist when i was like 19 or 20 mm -hmm. in one of my first bands and i mean at that point i just was enamored with the fact that i had an endorsement yeah. um but yeah no the pro the the product the guitars that they make are you know you know just as good as as plenty of the stuff that comes out with the gibson logo They're, as well they are gig worthy and that's that's important yeah. right like that's you're, what you you're, yeah man like yeah. the show I mean, it sounds good looks good if you're going to go pick up a $200 guitar to go mess around at home or whatever, you know, that's fine. But I mean, there are, uh, you know, some upscale stuff from Epiphone that's, let's say three digits or whatever, you know, 400, 800 bucks that's gig, you know, worthy and, and, and of the same caliber of maybe a Gibson, maybe you're paying a little bit more for the, you know, American made or the, or the logo in some instances, but uh, just as good and uh, yeah. not seeing anything wrong with that, you know, so whatever. I, I just sold my Gibson SG. I had a 2017 red one. Brian, yeah. you'll like this because Leilani talked me into the Joe Bonamassa 62 custom reissue Epiphone 335. Nice. nice. It has Gibson burst bucker twos and threes in it. It's hand wired. It's super freaking nice. It sounds great. It feels great. It's amazing. It's got a little Vibrola bar on there. It's, That's cool. uh, and it's you know, it's the cherry red. So it I hardly played that SG and the neck was like, it's very thin. It felt, it felt even thinner than like a sixties Les Paul neck and a little wide, just never really took to it. So I'm like, do it. And I like, good. Thank you, Leilani. That was the right decision. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I love an SG I, I, aesthetically, uh, yeah. planning wise, it's, it's not for me, but they're, it's they're... so thin, man. Like even the body's just so thin. It feels like nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, you got to get the right one, I think. But again, I don't know. It's not really my, never really been my cup of tea. It's, I see it and I think of Angus and then I'm like, ah, I can't be him. So I'm going to pass. <laughs> so what's the plan with touring um singles like what are the next things with with la guns here yeah there's two more it's chaos happening downstairs with the dogs uh there's two more singles that are coming out and um of course i don't remember what they're called that's all right there's two I more think, singles coming out up to I the record one of them is the title track of the album black yeah. diamonds but i don't even know if it's called black diamonds i think it just says that the refrain in the in the song i'm terrible at this um you know uh i've been there's songs that we play every night for i have for the last five years and i still don't remember what they're called um 
I just don't retain stuff like that. You know, be like, oh, my favorite album is this and track three. I don't know what the fuck it's called. Um, so yeah, but there's two more singles coming out um, between now and mid-April with the album's release. And um, and we've got some headline shows on the cruise, uh, some headline shows in April going into mm-hmm. May and um, mostly West Coast, California, et cetera. And then I think we're going to start picking up uh, you know, domestically, there's some shows I'm starting to see scattered bookings through June and July. And uh, I know one was just announced a uh, show somewhere in middle America with us and Tom Kiefer again. Saw that. Nice. Yeah. So I'm sure there'll be more around that. I'm sure we'll be doing more shows uh, with Tom at some point or another. And, uh, but r- to be honest, I have no idea, you know, so like I'll get an email and it'll be like, you know, Here's, here's what you're doing. And most of that, the internet knows about before I do. So uh, your best bet is to not ask me, but it's to check Google. <laughs> yeah. Just set the alerts for Ace Von Johnson and LA Guns. You'll get everything you need to know. Yeah. Uh, so there is another band you've got a relationship with that Brian and I are fans of, particularly me, because we've had some of the members of, on the show before here. But Junkyard, you're going out, I think, in March to San Francisco to an event. What's what's going on with that? Yeah, the uh, the gentleman that's the promoter for that show has been a really close friend of mine for a long time. And um, he's slowly he's a he's a really well to do doctor. Uh, no joke. And um and he's, you know, been in the medical industry his whole life and gradually over time was like, you know, hey, I want to, I think I want to start like being a promoter and like booking shows. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. And then he started doing it and, you know, little by little, um, you know, started booking, we would say national acts. And um, I think he did one event that had enough's enough and, and, you know, he's trying to get LA guns up there. They just had a record that came out in the fall. It's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, they're put out consistently great. Super pop. melodic, man. Like really melodic poppy hooks. It's all that all that Beatles influence. Absolutely. Um, and so uh, this gentleman who's a friend of mine said, hey, I'm going to book this Junkyard show or I'm trying to book Junkyard. I saw they're doing the album, the f- debut album in its entirety. Uh, I know you know them. Who can I get in touch with? You know, I put them together. They booked the show. And he says, hey, so, you know, I'm trying to do this sort of VIP event surrounding the show or before the show or whatever how would you feel about coming out and uh sort of djing and uh you know shaking some babies and kissing some hands and i said yeah you know (laughs) sure so uh he's hired me to come out and and sort of dj and host i guess i don't know this event and uh the sort of vip meet and greet you know you see a lot of that stuff now where it's like okay (laughs) if you want the concert you buy the ticket but if you want the the meet and greet or the VIP experience or the, you know, the stage used guitar. There's all these sort of like tiers that you can uh, subscribe to, which I think is great because if you're a fan and you want it, awesome. And if you're working, you know, band or artist or group or musician, uh, there's more avenues to sort of, you know, keep the lights on, if you will. So uh, it's good for junkyard and, you know, keeps me, gives me something to do. Come hang out with my friends for an evening and, you know, spend, spin some rock and roll and, have a beer with the the yard guys so you're gonna you're actually djing like music before they play yeah they're gonna do an they're gonna do a private acoustic set before the show that's just for these sort of the vip uh people and i'll be the dj host consigliere i don't know whatever for the uh 
for the event. I don't know. I'll, I'm winging it. I'm hoping that someone will have it planned out for, for me. <laughs> Otherwise, I was told I'd be spinning for about two to three hours. And I said, I can do that. I I, I used to, de- I had residencies all over Hollywood for years as a DJ. I mean, a DJ. Really? Yeah. DJ at the Burgundy Room for years and a place called loaded that's no longer there i had a i mean i was a weekly resident there for probably two two years in between tours maybe longer uh i dj'd a a private event not a private event a a, a few private events but i dj'd an event in hollywood that uh was for charity at at, uh at uh this i can't of course i can't remember what it's called of course but uh there was a bowling alley that had a, a venue in it and there was an event that had gene simmons and johnny depp uh perform for charity i dj that that event um uh for years i did a uh one of my nights at the burgundy room which is this famous old bar in hollywood has been open since 1919 uh eddie trunk came down and it was a slow night it was probably a monday or tuesday it was probably like 10 people in there and i was like well what do you want to hear i'll play whatever you want and he was like i don't know and so i just started going through and you know doing whatever and i remember he gave me a really nice compliment he was like you know he was like I said something like, uh, for a guy who doesn't do this professionally, you could easily do this professionally, you know, or something like that, you know, some backhanded compliment. And I was like, all right. And, uh, you know, whatever it wasn't, you know, I wasn't trying to make a career out of it. It was just something I did in between tours, you know, to go, here's 300 bucks, show up and entertain yeah. the, the people for four hours. And I would just have fun with it and throw in little sound bites and, and, you know, enjoy mixing tempos and, and sound bites together and like you know there'd be like uh what is it sad but true from metallica and it would do that stop you know before the but da, 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 and i would put like you know like a horse neighing or you know like a woman <laughs> making some sort of sexual sound or something absurd you know a clown horn or whatever just have fun with it you know? that's amazing uh with junkyard did you almost play with them or play in them at one point no, but yeah, but kind of. Uh, you alluded to that one of your Patreon things one time. That's why I was just they, curious. Yeah, uh, it would have been 2000 and uh, it was before I was in Faster Pussycat. So okay. 2008 or nine around then. And I had a girlfriend of mine who was sort of like, like air quote managing me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so I. 0809 I would have been like what 25 something like that like mid 20s and was in between gigs and looking for work and she had called me and said hey junkyard needs a guitar player for European tour and I think I don't know who I spoke to it was either Pat or Tim but of course it's been 12 13 14 15 years I don't remember and I think that they said our budget was x and I think I came back and said well I need you know this much a week to be gone for a month and I think that we just agreed to disagree. And so it never came to fruition. And that was that. And then fast forward, maybe two years at most, I ended up in Faster Pussycat. And then we started doing shows together and I became mm-hmm. friends with those guys. And I've probably gotten on stage with them as a guest at least 10 or 15 times. Yeah, there's clips all over YouTube of you playing with them. Yeah. I mean, I did it here in Nashville. I did it in Las Vegas. I did it in LA a ton uh, just for shits and giggles. And, yeah. and I mean, you know, there's so many bands where, I mean, fuck, I've been on stage. There's a video of me playing half a song with Skid Row somewhere. There's a video of me playing four or five songs with Vixen. There's a video of me playing with Adler a bunch. I mean, I was sort of, I think I did that with Adler maybe five or six times because at one point 
they were trying to get a second guitar player and had me come down and jam with them a bunch of times. And then they decided to not have a second guitar player and that Jacob, the singer who I have a, a project with, uh, but at the time was just sort of an acquaintance. He ended up just staying playing guitar as well as, as fronting. So it never came to fruition, but there's a ton of bands sort of from, from the genre or era or whatever you want to call it, where I would, they'd be like, yeah, come up and play a song, you know, or, you know, you have a couple you know, shots of Jack Daniels. And next thing you know, you're walking out on stage, you know, <laughs> I don't know how this song goes. You know, that's just, just you'll figure it out. The, follow. There's four chords in it. Come on. Yeah. It's part of the course. I mean, I did it with LA guns. I did it with LA yeah. guns for fucking years. There's probably <laughs> videos of me with, with Phil Lewis's version, at least five different instances, you know, yeah. getting up there for ballad of Jane or rip and tear, uh, you know, just cause, you know, and uh, that was sort of part of my Hollywood, uh, you know, reign of terror. And I'd be like, Oh, you guys are playing the whiskey. All right. Well, what, what song am I playing? You know? And, and half the time they'd be like, Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're learned these three scenes you know, and just show up and you know, it's your friends. It's not, you know, right. maybe on the internet and some message board, people take it seriously, but when it's your buddies, you're like, Oh, fuck it. I'm going to show up and, and ruin this cover song or ruin your, <laughs> you know, we're, it's there, we're all there to have fun. Right. So that's, you make it interesting. You know, I saw some comment, there was a video of, faster pussycat playing over the summer and they had asked tony higby from tom keeper mm -hmm. and myself to come up and yeah. do something yep. and for maybe 10 of the shows for one or two or three of the songs you'd have four guitar players and i saw a youtube comment of someone being like oh it sounds way too muddy why do they have four guitar players this is stupid and i was like oh i'm sorry was our having fun ruining your video experience <laughs> oh fuck us right you know so i just i have zero patience for stuff like that. zero so you know it's like we're i used to be in the band we're all sam and tony and i are like best friends you know like don't don't make this about your youtube clip let's let's appreciate it for what it was it's a bunch of guys having fun together right so. the, the worst thing the internet has provided is for everybody to have a voice <laughs> don't deserve to have one no fucking comment man i couldn't agree more though but you know. listen but anybody can have a podcast <laughs> well there is that hell i've got one sometimes you know so you do you're well let's talk about that real fast sure. your patreon like if you, you you are a really good Patreon because there's always good comment co content. It's very diverse. Hey, you just put like some guitar tips and tricks the other day, which I watched and I thought that was great too. So like, uh, what's I, going on with your Patreon? Patreon? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. My Patron. How did you, <laughs> it's Freudian slip. How did you feel about that? That was just, I had had a streak of about three different people on Patreon sort of, hint at lessons or tips or anything and i said you know what fucking i'm gonna just spend 15 or 20 i think it ended up being about 30 minutes and just mm -hmm. walk through some things and just sort of it wasn't necessarily Practice. a lesson yeah. it was just yeah. sort of like um you know some stuff that i do or things that i thought people on any level might really help find helpful yeah. uh like warm-up routines and 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 whatnot and a couple of course i've already forgotten what the ins and outs of the video were but uh as a as a guy who plays you said you watched it what'd you think of that no i thought it was great because one thing for me i know how to play guitar i don't sound very good when i play but I, like what does somebody like you as a professional musician who plays like 
what are you doing? I, that's always interesting to me. And like, oh, you know, I can follow along and do this drill or whatever. I think that's great. You should do more of that. And then people who are learning to play or is not familiar, that's good with them too. Cause they're like, Hey, this is what East von Johnson's doing. And like, I should do this too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, cause everybody has different like warmups and like practice, you know what I mean? It's, I'm just, I'm just curious playing guitar i mean when you get to a certain point it's definitely like a fingerprint like everybody's got their own vibrato and their own little licks and their own little secret weapons or their own thing that they're insecure about or yeah you know or whatever and i i kind of know my wheelhouse you know like i mean i'm not steve Vai or yeah you're not finger tapping and doing much of nonsense no i mean i i'm 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 like i said earlier you know i'm a i'm a i'm an old punk rocker and so like to me I'm all about the riff, you know, and uh, I'm a competent lead guitar player, but I'm definitely not a great lead guitar player. Uh, I think, you I mean, know, why do you my, say that? Like, why, why would you say that? Um, why, why do you think I, you're not great? I think, I think for me, like a gig, perfect example would be LA Guns. Like I get a featured solo, sometimes up to three of them, or there may be a song where I'm doing a harmony part or you know, like over the edge where Tracy and I are doing the dual, the dueling. That is awesome, by the that's, way, to see that that's, live. Thank you. That's, and I, it's like my favorite part of the show. That yeah. to me is like my strong point. I think for me to go out there and be like, I'm the lead guitar player in this band uh, as a sole lead guitar player, my 10 years in the, in Faster Pussycat, I was, excuse me, the yeah. lead guitar player in the band. My rhythm guitar player for my tenure in the band was not very good at even rhythm and i'll leave it at that and so it wasn't like um hey you know uh i'm gonna take these the two-thirds of these solos and you take these or hey i suck at this one solo you do it or hey this part like uh poison ivy that's a two guitar song the whole thing and uh and it was really difficult to marry a lot of those parts without having a competent player uh, opposite me and um some of that forced my hand to become a stronger player but ultimately it was a bit nerve-wracking at times to be the only you know every single guitar solo was me and i didn't you know often enjoy that uh i would prefer to be in a band with someone like sam or tony or tracy where i can go like oh i'm gonna you know like you you, are complimenting this solo you know or like you know or there's a give and a take um i don't i don't I think if you have a band with two guitar players, you should utilize that. I think um, like LA guns is Tracy's band, like literally in name. And so, but he still allows me to, you know, shine here and there and, you know, yeah. whatever. And I think that's it's great. great. Yeah. I think it's great. Not just for me, but I mean, on paper, theoretically, you know, uh, or uh, you know, like Orianti's out touring right now and she mm-hmm. lets her, rhythm or what other guitar player take a solo here and there and shine a little bit i think that's how it should be unless your guitar player uh maybe isn't capable or if you're such a you know like if i go see steve Vai and he's got some rhythm guy in the back yeah it'd be cool to let him have a little moment here or there but like let's face it you're paying to see steve Vai. so but if we're talking yeah. about a band if we're talking about a band Maybe not in the instance of LA Guns because we're there to see Tracy. I was there to see Tracy. You guys are there to see Tracy. But if we're talking about a band, just any generic fill-in-the-blank rock band, if there's two guitar players, I feel like they should be able to lean on each other and utilize the fact that there's two guys. So, you know, maybe this guy's strong point is 
tapping and this guy's strong suit is his you know vibrato so like what you know like uh avenge sevenfold is a perfect example like uh the lead guitar player in that band is uh uh sinister gates i think and he's a really fantastic guitar player but then the other guy zacky something zach vengeance i think he's also a solid lead guitar player too he's just not the same type of player as the lead guide so they switch out and whatever i think it i think you should utilize having two guitar players otherwise kind of what's the point that's again all this is just that's my my take on it so um and of course you know it's like this the fucking stones there's you know ron woods the rhythm guitar player but they still let him do his own thing you know he's good yeah and i think that's how it should be you know and i mean even guns and roses right now with richard fortas he gets plenty of guitar solos and as he should he's a fantastic guitar player yep. i think it would be disappointing to see guns and roses play with only slash doing all the solos and having fortas just standing there playing only izzy and rhythm parts it would i wouldn't I, that would kind of take away from what you know that guy's capable of it makes but, it more fun yeah the same the alternate of that is is how i felt is i just don't feel competent as a player uh in my own self in a lot of situations there were plenty of faster pussycat songs i could play in my fucking sleep slip of the tongue and stuff like that bathroom wall it bathroom wasn't wall, you yeah. know, it wasn't rocket science it's like but all blues like, riffs and that man that's it's that's all solid and, yeah and punk rock we start yeah. digging into some of the songs off the second or third record and it get a little more complicated and i'm up there kind of like you know sort of you know going through the motions knowing that the skill set is maybe here and my personal skill set is is you know fluctuating just under that point you know and there's nothing wrong with admitting the fact that you know maybe you know you can't just walk in and be like oh yeah cult of personality i've never played it before but i'm gonna play it tomorrow <laughs> it's okay to say i can't play to that skill That's, set you know i mean vernon reed is a ridiculous guitar player i can't play it you know. one of my favorites and that's in the hall of fame riff right there oh completely and i mean my my guitar heroes growing up and still are guys like john christ from danzig and and uh you know uh uh you know phil from motorhead and 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 scott gorham from thin lizzy guys that were tasty and had vibe and feel but none of those guys are sweep you know that, that doesn't make you a great guitar player if you just awesome. can do those crazy techniques you know what i mean i mean you can do the skill set i think having the skill set is amazing but i think if you're solely relying on we call it like look look what i can do look what i can do you know you know all that stuff i think only relying on that and there are players out there like that uh it gets a little it gets a little old i mean well, go back sonically. to gilmore what you're talking about he played fewer notes but they were more yeah. meaningful and that's what we're talking just because you can play and a thousand notes a minute does it mean you're a better player? It's, it's every, like I said, everyone's got their own little fingerprint and, and every player is different. And what I enjoy personally is guys that play more melodic and soulful and, and tasty stuff. And if they throw in some crazy arpeggiated thing real fast, I go, Oh, that was cool. But I don't want to see a guy just doing, you know, yeah. what is it? Masturbating uh, what, with a guitar. What's the, um, what is the guy, uh, is it animals as leaders? Is that the, the project you know what I'm talking about? No, there's, of course I'm getting the name wrong. There's some guy and he just is all over the neck and it is insane. It's so, he's got so like much. Polyphia is like that. Say, say again. Polyphia. Yeah. Stuff like that. I recognize the talent instantly. Yeah. It's amazing, but it's not what I want to listen to. Right. You know, to me, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear, <laughs> you know, I want to be able to, if I hear a guitar solo, I want to walk away from it and be like humming it, you know, 
yeah back. Mm-hmm. you know like my favorite guitar solos of all time are hotel california and comfortably numb and well, comfortably numb, i yeah. don't know you know, stuff like that where you you know like you can hear those solos in your head but that, again this is all just my this is just me you know if ever There's if you want to turn into you know ingve go go <laughs> i say go for market. it go there for was it. a band called nitro that i thought maybe you were talking about i think jim Jones yeah michelangelo badio you like get a guitar with two necks in the video and <laughs> yeah <laughs> mab Matt, he, he, michael's a really good friend of mine yeah i've been i've been i've been on stage with him I've, i'll send you later i've got a video yeah of us man doing, please do that'll be great doing a, a video of us doing thin lizzie and he let me take the solo and he's a sweetheart he actually he's a, he's out with man of war now Oh my God, man of war. One of my friends. But he's he's that guy, but he can also yeah. sit down and be like and play you know? melodically and play he's got with all it. he's got all the chops, but you gotta keep in mind his gimmick is he's known for being the guy with yeah. the two or four necks that's doing the sweep arpeggios. I love him as a human being and he's got all the talent in the world, but that's also not the kind of stuff that I want to put on the turntable and, and like chill out and listen to. That's just not right. My it's, it's now, if, he, if I'm paying for a concert to see Manowar and he comes out with four next, he's going to, <laughs> oh, yeah, like, that's, that's fucking rad, but that's not what I'm going to listen to at home. That's, that's the just gimmick me. and you're going to that with that in mind. Like, well, yeah, of course. That's yeah. again, that's what you're over getting. the top. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting that you said you weren't, a, but a, a great uh, lead player. But I, I mean, like, look, I, if anyone's good at being self-deprecating, it's definitely me. So I, I, and I like to think I know my wheelhouse and people have called me for gigs before and been like, Hey, so-and-so needs a guitar player. And I'm like, I got to take a pass, man. I can't play that stuff. You know, yeah. I'm not going to show up and be the guy that's like, uh, uh, uh. no, fuck <laughs> but that. It's, but know? it's knowing what you can and can't do. I think makes sure. a good guitar player. Like you're going to play, you know, at your level, it's like playing a baseball player. Say, hey, I can't hit major league pitching, but I can hit high school level. I'm not going to go play major league ball, no, you know? And, and and look, if you're enjoying it, you're having a good time with your friends or your kids or your team, then there's nothing wrong with that at all. And and to me, like, look, I, LA Guns came after me for that spot for a while. It wasn't just, you know, a fluke or uh, I, I aced, pardon the addition, par- pardon the expression, I aced an audition. You know, they called and asked, I think on the fourth time, I was like, okay, I'll come down, you know, and, uh, I, I, you know, I love my guys. I love my gig. I love the band. I love the legacy. I love Phil and I love Tracy for, you know, warts and all everything. I mean, Phil's history with girl and Torme and everything in between Mm -hmm. and Tracy's history, you know, outside of LA guns and brides of destruction and, and his everything he did in Vegas and, and his session work and everything. And then as human beings as, as well, but where I'm going with this is on paper, I think it's a good gig for me. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I forgot what Tracy used to call me. He like someone, we were doing an interview one time and they're like, okay, so you're the rhythm guitar player. And Tracy goes, no, he's the other lead guitar player. And I was like, oh, like right in the field, bro, <laughs> you know, or something funny like that. And I was like, that's cool. And I was like, cause it's Respect. his band and he, yeah, and he's, he's the lead guitar player. He's the Mac daddy. And, and, you know, there's only one Tracy guns and I'm not here to compete with that, but I do like the fact that I get to, you know, do my little things. And when my point at the end of this was prime example, like today, I'm doing this session I just finished. When someone sends me a piece of music and says, hey, can you compose a solo for this or whatever or melody? I can totally create or stuff that I go, oh, wow, that's really fucking cool. Hell, I'll send you something I did today after this. You know, I'll be like, oh, that's really 
I'm kind of impressed with myself. But what I don't think I excel at is being a lead guitar player where I'm constantly having to replicate other people's stuff all day long because I'm not that guy. Not only am I not the guy who wrote it or played it or composed it, I'm also not the guy that can replicate all these things. So just the same way a project like Neon Coven where, you know, I'm coming up with these guitar solos that I'm even like, damn, I'm like, that's me. I did that. That's kind of impressive. Well, that's because it was me. You know, it's not me having to re- replicate Brent Muscat or Greg Steele or this guy or that guy or, or, or whatever. So my strength as a lead guitar player might come as being my own lead guitar player, but not having to replicate somebody or someone, plural people's other work, uh, which is why I did not, at the end of the day, I got a little wore out being that guy with Pussycat because A, I had no one else to lean on. I think if Sam was in the band with me, uh, it might've changed my perspective uh, on A, leaving and B, a lot of things, trust me. But um, <laughs> but uh, for my tenure, my nine years and eight months, my 10 years in the band, right? Uh, I, I just, it got to the point where even feeling at my most confident, I might be like, oh, I killed these two solos. And I might hit the third song or the fifth song and be like, oh, that sucked. And it just, you know, I would rather not be carrying the lion's share. I just want to get up there and jump around and have fun. And that's why I like playing with LA Guns. I read an interview with Phil and you confirmed what he said. He's, he said, uh, Ace Von Johnson is the guy we wanted for a long time. I remember him saying that in an interview. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's humbling and, uh, and, uh, you know, I love Phil. He's probably, uh, not to take away from any, anyone, but he's definitely my favorite front man that I've ever been in a band with. And, uh, by, by far the easiest, <laughs> someone honking in the distance, uh, by far the easiest front man, uh, I, I know he's never he's just a sweetheart, you know, and the internet can say whatever they want or, you know, well, I heard in 2003, the dot, 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 you know, it's like, okay, oh, for God's well, sake. <laughs> as a guy in a room with him for the last five years, let me tell you my experience and my experiences is he's a sweetheart, you know, he's crack open a bottle of wine and tell me stories about seeing the damned and sex pistols and Billy Idol in the seventies and, and the, all this stuff. And all the great know. punk man, the yeah. British punk. He was there for it. You brought up Neon Coven, and I've seen you pimp Neon Coven uh, many times on the social medias. Like, tell us a little bit about Neon Coven. Uh, Neon Coven is a glorified studio project that I have with uh, Jacob Bunton, who sings for Stephen Adler's project Adler, not to be confused with Adler's Appetite. Um, and uh, our, our, our singer, is this not Jacob? Our singer is a guy named Anthony Montremano, who's an artist in, in the L.A. area. And our drummer is a guy named Kyle Cunningham, fantastic drummer. Um, uh, he was part of this really for years and years. Um, I think he retired from it, but he had a residency gig in LA or Southern California called uh, Fast Times, I think. Um, and they were sort of like a Steel Panther, but like just 80s music. And the, the singer looked like Spicoli, you know, with the Hawaiian shirt and the sun cream or whatever. And Kyle would have the Devo red hat on and he'd be back there drumming and singing. And so that's where he came from. And we just got together and started working on music about six or seven years ago and did a couple EPs. And then we did an album during 2020 called future postponed, uh, which is, you know, relevant. The title's just as relevant today as it was then Mm -hmm. Uh, really proud of that record. It's really diverse. 
sort of Depeche Mode meets Nine Inch Nails meets Typo Negative meets Duran Duran meets Killing Joke. It's it's very, it's like 80s synth pop, but heavy. Right. Um, and Jacob is a, is a ghostwriter. And so he writes and records and produces all kinds of people that, you know, I can't even disclose. And he like did the last Orient, the album. And, you know, it was pretty all good album things. too. Yeah. What's that? That was a pretty good album. It was a great album. Yeah. yeah, so he's 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 a pro. And so, you know, we just cranked out song after song after song. Um, and the band put out a new single recently. I don't even remember what it's called. Um, and, you know, it, they they did a show without me about a year ago. Uh, I just couldn't justify flying out to L.A. to do six songs. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it just my schedule just didn't make sense. So they did it. It's without expensive me. too to, to do that. Yeah. And it, it wasn't like the kind of gig where it's not like Ellie guns where it's like my duty to show up and play. And then, you know, we, we, you know, it's, you get paid. This was just sort of like, you know, will there be pizza? You know, and I was like, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm not gonna, I can't, I can't make it guys, but it's, it's still, it's still kind of in its state of fluctuation. Like it's always been, it's, it's a glorified studio project. So that's basically all there is to it. Really proud of that record. I would say future postponed. I'd put that in my top three albums that I've done that I'm most proud of. Plus it's probably the only album I've contributed lyrics to formally in the last 20 years. So that was, that was a big deal for me too. But uh, yeah, that's that, you know, just trying to stay busy with everything else. You know, Is that maybe. streaming or physical media only? No, that's streaming. You can get okay. uh, future postponed if anyone's watching or listening or, you know. I, I totally want to check it out. Cause that new wavy British synth pop sounds cool. Uh, yeah. Each song kind of tells its own story and um there are certain songs that sound like typo negative or ministry or, okay. or killing joke where you're like, yeah, this mm-hmm. is cool, groovy and heavy. Yeah, heard that name and then forever. there's some songs that straight up sound like Duran Duran. Yeah. So each song is its own little thing in it, but it sounds like the same band, which is why I love it. Cause I'm a fan of eclectic uh, stuff like that. And uh, one of the, one of my compositions on the record uh, is a song called dead to me and was our, I think our biggest, terrestrial charting you know was getting played on all these like real tangible radio stations for a minute uh active rock stuff and i was just going for like a rob zombie kind of like you know keep their head ringing kind of four on the floor thing and so that's probably my favorite top three on the on the album uh that song especially the guitar solo because i was using a digiwam during it and I was playing using it like a wah pedal, which is not how you use that. And I start, we were all in the same room together and I was laughing. I actually fell off the chair during the take and we liked it so much that we just left it. So it's is this there like very, a thump like, in that or something or what? Can we, can we tell is it like a thump? No, but I mean, wow. it's like this Tom Morello and I'm just like, you know, like, <laughs> like I'm making fun of people that play like that, but I just yeah. went way off the fretboard and then I'm pitching up two octaves. It just, it sounds like nonsense. It sounds like Tom Morello you know, smoking pot, falling downstairs, uh, you know, or whatever. And uh, that, and the opening track, uh, uh, what is it called? Something with the word drugs. Uh, I, can't, I can't remember. I can't remember anything. Um, the opening track got the word drugs in it. That's all I remember. And um, I'm trying to think what, you know, I'm not expecting to listen to the whole record. I'm trying to give you top three. Dead to okay. me, the first song with the word drugs in it. 
and uh you know maybe the first two or three songs i don't know listen to it however you want like a drug yeah 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 like a drug yeah that's la guns a lot of drug references in these songs you know rock and roll you know sex drugs in la uh, you know sex drugs and rock and roll um yeah not a lot of uh, drugs in my sex and, and rock well, and roll. Though. You got you have a song called Sex Action in LA Guns. <laughs> right? Off the first record. Yeah, we got that down. There's plenty of sex and rock and roll, not a lot of drugs. Yeah, admittedly. Ah, so boring. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I forget I forgot the names of the songs I'm writing now. Dead to me, the first Dead one to me, with drugs. Track one with the word drugs in it. It's not if only there was a device in my hands that I could pick up and, and find all this information. <laughs> Listen to drugs. <laughs> That's what my note says. Listen to drugs. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Right, let me. I'll just pull it up. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple Music. It's on YouTube. I'm sure there's other platforms that people yeah. use, but I have no idea what they are. I'm still listening to physical media. But uh, and it it we pressed it on vinyl. And uh, blame it on the drugs is track one. There, blame it on the drugs. Blame it on the drugs. Blame it on the drugs. Every part of me is track two. That's the song that I co-wrote. That also contribute. I wrote most of the lyrics to, which I'm still flabbergasted by. Uh, Dead to me, um, and then Jacob actually sings one song on the album, I think, and it's the last song called "The Other Side of Nowhere." Uh, that is a fantastic composition, and I'll leave it at that. But yeah, so that's that. I, I got my I got my notes. Listen. Oh my God. I can't, I get to the point every once in a while in these things where I get a little slap happy. Brian, I think I'm slap happy. You look slap happy. <sighs> where are we at? What are we doing? Oh, <laughs> uh, let's do a couple quick fun questions for Ace and then we'll send them on his way. Ace, you, you sure. good with that? Yeah, let's do it. Ready for some stupid crap? Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. Yes, we're recording this on. February 13th, right? Because what is what is your favorite horror themed uh horror themed romantic movie? Like uh it doesn't have to be like you know oh my god, uh, I'm dying here. <laughs> uh I'm trying to think of like a good romantic one. I don't know. Uh or like it's based around, you know, there was that uh that Valentine movie came back, I think, in the early two thousands, and you know, we have the Valentine's Day Massacre or, or movie. Yeah, I th- I feel like they're all they're all obligatory slashers, and I feel like yeah. those aren't really my go-to. I'm trying to think of like a romantic horror movie. Did you ever see Warm Bodies where it's like the zombie zombie? I did. Yeah. yeah, what was that like? Maybe about 10, 15 years ago. I think so. Yeah, probably ten years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm gonna take a pass. Yeah, I don't. I don't know either. That's why I came up with that question because I'm like, I have no idea. There's got to be, got to be something good on there. Yeah, I can't think of anything. All right. Well, if you can't think of it, I'm certainly shit not going to know it. All right. What's a song that you still play that gives you chills when you play it? Probably the over the edge solo with Ooh. Trace. Yeah, that's yeah. It. That's, I put that up there. That song is just a, a it's a banger and it's an even better live when you guys get to kind of harmonize together. Yeah. Um, have you watched Orphan First Kill yet? I have not. Uh, Gotta watch know. it. I don't know if I finished. I know I started. I don't know if I ever finished Orphan. I don't um, think I've ever seen it, but. 
they just put Orphan First Kill, I think, on Amazon. Yeah. And I just sat down to watch it while I was doing something else. And about a third of the way through, there is um, a little twist and turn. And I'm and they went with it. And I was like, that separates this movie. I mean, it's not a great movie. It's fun. But the fact they had that twist early on and they went with it made me respect it. So, you know, get a chance. You have an hour and a half to kill and you don't really have to think too hard about something. Recommend All right, I'll it. check it out. Uh, what are the last three artists that you listen to? Uh, well, uh, Danzig. All right. And uh, uh, Unto Others. Um, from Who are they? Pacific Northwest band that I'm like mildly obsessed with. Uh, Unto Others is a like melodic goth metal band. I don't know, like sort of typo negative, but better. <laughs> um, they started as a band called Idle Hands. I don't know if you can really see, but there's a Idle Hands poster what okay. is it? right there. Uh, and then they got signed to Roadrunner and had to change their name to Unto Others. And uh, they ha- they just put out an EP uh, about a couple days ago. And uh, like I like bought every copy in different, each color variant on vinyl. So probably not 24 hours go by where I don't listen to them. They've been my sort of favorite newer band to come out in the last few years. Uh, Danzig Unto Others. God, what else have I been listening to? Uh, normally there's like a stack of records behind me of what I either did listen to or was going to listen to. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I know I was listening to the new damned single yesterday. They have a single out called the invisible man. Really? Uh, yeah. So, and they've got a new record com- coming out soon called Darkadelia, I think, uh, Darkadelic, oh. like psychedelic Darkadelic from the damned. That is the late seventies, British sort of proto-punk goth rock band uh so yeah let's go there what do you do when you're on the on the road between gigs what do i do on the road yeah Uh, how do you kill time um i might go to the gym or find a local record store or just sort of walk around and try to you know get out of the routine of load in sound check do a show meet and greet stuff um you know try to keep myself grounded beyond you know there's more to my life than being like guy in a band kind of thing but um it's usually a lot of me like turning on one of the cameras in the house and spying on the dogs making sure that they're not eating my record collection or chewing on a couch um but yeah i don't know just you know eat (laughs) walk around (laughs) You know, try to catch up with friends. If I'm in a town where I know like a lot of people might try to set up like a lot, you know, like, hey, I'm going to be in town in two weeks. What are you guys doing at 2.30 in the afternoon? Let's go get a beer. Do you got? Do you have a favorite restaurant on the road somewhere or is like we got to stop yeah. at a Waffle House or any, anything particular? Def- no, Waffle House is definitely not on the menu for me. <laughs> um, I don't have a really favorite place. Um, you know, I like, I like a good street taco. Yeah. So if somebody's like, yo, this place is you know, bomb ass tacos. I'll try to get over there, but you know, I, I don't know. Nothing really sticks out. Try to just, just try, stay busy and keep my head on straight. You know, try to stay relatively normal. Would normal day would be like, huh? Just a different area. I mean, my normal day is me in my pajamas, like catering to the. I have three dogs, so it's just me doing dog. Well, you shit. picked up another rescue, right? Yeah, I have a. I have another foster fail now. Uh, the Mila, my uh, the uh, boss is yeah. their 
behind Sleeping. me. Yeah, she doesn't go far from me most of the time. The other two are downstairs, sort of left to their own devices. Uh, I've, I, I have a boy named Rufus that I've had for two years, and then I have a girl named Willow that I adopted. Um, that's a puppy. She just is recovering from her spay surgery. So she's sort of sequestered down in the kitchen, but she also, I've learned that if I'm in here and I'm talking, like I'm doing an interview or a podcast or something, she thinks that I'm engaging with her. So she starts screaming at me. So um, <laughs> I've learned to keep her far away from me while doing anything like this. Otherwise the entire thing is just riddled with puppy barks. I've got two old, one of my dogs is like ready to hit the rainbow bridge, unfortunately, but they're, they just lay down and stay quiet because they are, they're very old right now. Hanging yeah. out over there. If you could, well, yeah, I mean, she's 14 and it's a hundred pound dog. You know, the big dogs don't live super yeah. long. You know, yeah. my daughter's sad. She's like, I've known this dog my whole life. Right. And like yeah. she's gone and you know, yeah. Anyway, let's talk about one last question for you. One last question for you. If you could bring back from the dead any piece of pop culture, movie, music band, TV show, comic, book series, whatever, what do you what do you bring them back? Well, what do you mean bring it back? Like, I mean, I feel like it's like, it stopped. Like, you know, a line has stopped somewhere. They're not making it anymore. It's not part of our mainstream. Um, um, is there something I, you miss? Family Ties or Elf no. Quest, the comic book, or I mean, are we talking like a person or a show? I mean, a show, a piece of media, a media of some sort, whether it's book, movie, uh, band, show, you know. I whatever. wish we had a good horror anthology TV show like a Twilight Zone or Tales from HBO's Tales from the Crypt. I feel like we're sort of missing that now. There's great horror series, like I'm watching The Last of Us, which is fantastic. And, I haven't started uh, that yet. I hear, hear nothing but good things about it. Man, it took me, I, I have the attention span of a goldfish. And so it took <laughs> me about five attempts to get through the first half hour of the first episode. And I was like, oh, it's based on a video game. I already don't care. And then as soon as I got to like minute 31, I was like, oh. And then now I'm like, the second it comes out on HBO, I'm like waiting to start it. So it's great. But, um, you know, and of course, Walking Dead wrapped and there's horror shows and stuff, but I can't think of a Did you stick with Walking series. Dead toward the end? Did you watch, watch all of Walking Dead? I tapped, they jumped the yeah. shark too many times for uh, yeah. me. I, so I was like, there's a guy with a tiger. I was like, I'm out, you know. I, I didn't like, even was... make the tiger. The wife and I were like, we just, it's like nothing but okay, I get it. There's a zombie apocalypse, but people make stupid decisions just to move the plot that normal people wouldn't do worse than yeah. anything I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, it got a little, it got a little kind of repetitive. And I just, once I, and, and I love the Negan character and I still have no idea what developed with it because I stopped watching, but uh, you know, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is, is, is awesome. And, mm -hmm. uh, and um, so, and I'm a fan of his. So when they brought him in, I got reinvested, but I, I, you know, that only a couple seasons of that. And I went back to being like, you know, I just, it's hard for me to keep up with TV series. I barely yeah. have time. You know, people are like, you go watch this movie. And I'm like, when? When would I have time? <laughs> Say, wait, what, what'd you say? And they just go on too long too. Like what I like a lot about the, a lot of the British series is they have like, we're just going to do two, two seasons or three seasons. It's 14 yeah. episodes. Well, the, like there it's was that, done. 
there was that show called black mirror that i think is done mm-hmm. that was yeah. fantastic so something yep. like that you know needs to come back so i want something that's going to make people think i think you know obviously none of us were there really for it but i think twilight zone probably made a lot of people think you know yeah. sort of subversive yeah. sort of uh and still relevant a lot of the themes in those yeah. episodes are extremely relevant to this date man go figure that's and that's great writing for you great writing great science fiction great writing i did like tales from the dark side when i was a kid oh, i've yeah, seen same. episodes recently i don't think it doesn't really hold up quite it as didn't well. hold up it didn't hold up like a lot of them did and you could say the same thing with some of the tales from the crypt but some of them were really well done and and it was also meant to be more kitschy you know uh schlocky than than yeah. maybe a low than, budget yeah it was less social commentary and more just like oh comic book fun um, but any anything in that area, uh, I I think did they bring back Twilight Zone with Jordan Peele for a minute, or was they that? They did, and I think it was like either Paramount or CBS, like one of the few streaming services I actually don't have. So I have no idea. I think yeah. Jordan Peele, though. I think you're right. I think you're right. And, I, he, and ad- admittedly, I never saw it, and I should probably double back and and check those out because I'm a fan of his work, and it's the Twilight Zone, but regardless it's not going anymore so whether it's that or something we need a good relevant uh uh horror series that's uh standalone episodes i already forgot what the term i was using was (laughs) with Uh, great thematics that are going to you know resonate years from down the road exactly I did, so Tales from the Dark Side real fast, I did see an episode not too long ago that had a young Christian Slater and Brent yeah. Spiner from Star Trek The Next Generation in it before either of them were famous. I was just like, wow. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. What a combo, you know, Data and Christian Slater. Hmm. You're speechless. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it's, you get that stuff. You know, you got you got to make your way into Hollywood. I was going to say everybody had their start, their start somewhere. You know, a lot of a lot of of well-known film stars started in low-budget horror movies. I think that's absolutely pretty common. I mean, uh, uh, Jennifer Aniston and Leprechaun. Leprechaun, yeah. Pre-nose job, Jennifer Aniston. I mean, that's Leonardo DiCaprio started in Critters Three. Yes, that's right. Or is it's either three or four? One of the sequels. One of them when they, you know, really went off the rails quite a bit. Yeah, not really worth watching. Not, no, but hey, Leonardo DiCaprio in a low-budget horror movie. What are you going to do? All right, Ace, I know we've kept you a long time. Thanks for telling us what's going on with LA Guns and all the other projects that you're in. Keep doing those uh, guitar videos. I think they're super interesting. I think from anybody who's just picked up playing to to me, it's like, this is what goes through my mind. So I really like that. Um, I think I voted on that in your your poll, maybe. I don't know. I don't remember. So thank you. Uh, And thank you for subscribing and mentioning the Patreon. Uh, I I didn't really tap touch on it, but it is a great platform that I try to stay busy with you know, pretty much daily. I'm either posting something or writing something or sharing something or filming something. And if, if you don't see me working on it, it's probably me in the office, you know, on a phone call, ordering something or manufacturing something or recording something in advance. So it's kept me busy and it's been a great platform to people like yourself. It's great. And you put a lot of content on there. Like it's, I have to, like, I can't always get to it. It, You know, it builds up and I have to go and that, but that's also a sign of a good, 
subscription because you know i'm not sitting around waiting there's a lot of stuff that builds up and it's it's great and plus your advocacy with we've talked about last time with with the pitbull rescue and everything too so you're doing good stuff with thank you all yeah, of your influence appreciate it brian do you have any questions questions for ace because <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I was going to wait until we're done rolling, but uh, my wife and I are going to Vegas next week, and I always um, oh, looking for music in Vegas. And I find it's always like tribute bands and stuff. But is there some sort of like, you know, sleaze rock or blues rock band that's under the radar somewhere to go? I always look look at Vamped, and um, I don't really know. Um, I would say check for one of those like. Um, rating the rock vault type events, you know, where they've got like Jizzy Pearl or someone like that doing, um, you know, sort of greatest hits covers or whatever. And then you mentioned Vamped already, but check their calendar and see what they're up to. Cause they've got, I feel like Vamped has a show eight days a week there of somebody, you know, usually pretty great stuff. So, but I really, I don't really operate Vegas wise. So I, I I'm pretty out of touch as far as, anything to do there all right cool man well ace von johnson from la guns thanks for joining us uh the new record black diamonds comes out in april yeah and we'll all look forward to that and uh thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us always a pleasure thank you so much. yeah not a problem thanks for having me gentlemen thanks again to ace von johnson for joining us always a pleasure he's becoming a regular i enjoyed uh we talked about how he knows everybody he's talking about gilly clark and billy Rowe from uh from Jet Boy and, yeah. and Junkyard guys. And, you know, it's kind of cool to hear all that. And I know that, like, the, you know, when those guys started out, that was before Ace was around there in L.A. But uh, to see him, you know, just be in with that, with those guys is pretty cool. So always uh, he's a good dude. You know, I think people respect him both his playing and just that he's an honest, regular guy. And it's easy to gather a lot of friends. I just like talking to him. Like, just, I mean, to your point he knows everybody he has all these great experiences and interests just even talking about the guitar stuff with them was greater mm-hmm. what do you do on a cruise ship like i mean how else yeah. are we going to find out from somebody who you know gets hired to play these cruise ships like what goes on out there that's that to me is really interesting it's not like the intricacies of the music but like what is life like yeah very giving guy and makes makes time for all this stuff and also very uh, his musical taste is very diverse i mean he's talking about like duran duran and more stay in the time and punk rock and he's a very wide variety of, of musical taste. i think they call that a renaissance man thought <laughs> yeah. out too man you know and it's like i like what he mentioned he, you know basically corroborated what i heard phil lewis say like we were trying to get this guy for a while and we got him so that, that's very cool very cool. well, again that that says a lot about his ability to play guitar and just the type of person he is because those guys have been around forever played with different people and they know what they want right and to get point out by him that's that's got to be a good honor mm-hmm. for sure yeah, and i'm yeah. looking forward to the new album i, I love the new that. track man it all. it's gonna be cool it's, you betray is so good and oh, man i just can't wait i'm so excited there's a couple records that are coming out this year that i'm stoked for the new cold stairs which since I have not mailed it to you yet, Brian, because I was going to send it media mail, which takes five to seven days mm-hmm. and you're going to be gone. So I'm going to mm-hmm. wait till you're closer okay. to your trip. I'm going to mail okay. you the Cold Stairs record. Right that, uh, the LA Guns album for sure is going to be, you know, I can't wait for that. And it sounds like 
the guys on your shirt right there, Goodbye June, may have a record out by the end of the year. So. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. And then mm -hmm. Jack's her record's out here. Oh, yeah. We didn't talk about that in the intro. That Her new single was great. Yeah, yeah. We can talk about it right now. Wolf and Sheepskin, what did you think? I love it, man. I, you know, she, uh, you know, the stuff that I remember listening to from her first record was like a little more aggressive or like hard rock or whatever i mean and her she's got this really beautiful tone to her voice in this song like real super pretty you know and it's the you know like uh um it was a high class bitch was the first song yeah it's more of a joan Very jack kind of punk attacking, you know you know so uh yeah uh love it i think you're right she's really shown her vocal abilities on this it is pretty it's melodic uh, she's playing almost like these Hendrixy um, stripped down blues chords, right? Not distortion, but just, just really not a lot of effect on the guitar. That mm -hmm. sounds great. You know, it's not showcasing her, her crazy good guitar skills where she's like, you know, slamming a solo. It's mm -hmm. just really stripped down. And like, um, it almost reminds me of a Jenny Lewis, like almost like a little bit like Jenny Lewis, who was, mm -hmm. um, who I really like as a solo artist. And of course, a lot of you might know her from Rilo Kylie, but, uh, yeah, man, super impressed. Like, man, that, that's a very mature song. I'm very proud of her. Yeah, yeah. And uh, like I <laughs> replied to her, you know, post about that. Like, well, of course, you're coming back on when your record comes out, right? <laughs> <laughs> of course, right? Like, she's like our little sister. Her yeah, and Leilani are like much, our, our sisters. Much. Like, yep. we got to, you know, mm -hmm. promote family. Yeah. All right. Well, well, you have a good time in, in Las Vegas, Brian. Well, we'll talk before then again because we got Rex. Oh, that's right, we have Rex. So we'll talk. We'll talk a little pre pre Las Vegas conversation sure. then. All right. Until then, always remember: Southern Rock is rooted, blues is blood. We'll see you next time.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 